VOC Breakfast, weekdays 6.30 to 9am, only on The Voice of the Cape. 23 minutes after 7 is where we're at this morning and yeah, it's a matric filled morning with all the messages coming through. So like we said, name as well as school and we'll mention it, no props there. Um, but of course, still to come in the show, just after 7.30, we are going to be speaking with regards to Zoom fatigue. If you've been using Zoom um, to keep in contact with the office to get your daily done uh, then we'd love to hear from you this morning you know have you found it easy peasy as pie um all good no zoom fatigue or have you been affected by zoom fatigue has it sort of altered um your routine etc want to hear from you this morning 0829-913-913 so let's take a quick look see um lots of messages 7919 says uh salam mujahid talib um spine road high um so that's another matriculant there 8775 says um Abrams, um, Al Azhar High, um, 9094 says, um, Radia, my daughter keeping thumbs up, um, that's from her grandma. Also, Shamira Malumant and all matriculants. You didn't add a school there. Uh, 6090 says Ziad Basir, Rylands High School. Good stuff there. And then 1714 says um, Zubeda Isaacs of Menberg. Hi, past matric or, yeah, Alhamdulillah. So that's from the Isaacs clan of Menberg. Good stuff there. 9363. Um says salam glad uh, all the, for all the metrics but um what about job opportunities what about last year or the previous year's metrics i think um that one is saying so we are going to be speaking um during the course of the week as to what are the options um out there for our matriculants um that completed their matric in 2020 though some of them will be heading to university taking up tertiary education others might find they want to take a gap year there's so many options when it comes to you know life after matric so we'll be getting into it during the course of the week 7365 says all the best to imad ismail from vitabum high in weinberg it comes from the devet family good stuff there 5048 um We'll have to find out for you. No idea, hey? 3478 says uh, Jamia Ismail from Alexander Sinton High School. Good stuff there. Another matriculant coming through. 1060 says uh, Tahira Colby from Musenberg High School. Voila, welcome. 4183 says uh, would be very interesting to look at pass rates in schools against the different categories. Pass rates versus fees versus locations versus language delivery. Language is very difficult for our African children. Imagine if we had to learn, read and write exams in a second or third language. It's actually very interesting. So perhaps we can take a look at this as well during the course of the week. Um, 8413 I received okay not sure about that eh? 3390 says Nishad Daniels from Rylands hi good stuff Matrix of 2020 9198 says Alia Madras um ooh what is that school's name? Send it to me again, please. Um, 9859 says, uh, Sashleen Faroa Pocahontas. What? Glendale High, Mitchell's Plain. Good stuff. Glendale High School coming through. It's a very interesting name, I must say. No lie. Very, very interesting. 9399 says, uh, 9399 says um, Far 
Zana Williams of Westridge High School and all other matriculants. So good luck, guys. And um, also a message from 0033 coming through for... Um, Cape Academy Matrix. Good luck to them. So you can keep it rolling in on 0829-913-913. would love to hear from you um, this morning. Another message coming in this morning for quite a few of our matrix. Um, 9198, thank you so much. It says Madrasa to Rajah, and that was for Alia Madras. So no problems there. Um, 0357 says Ibrahim Adams, Alexander Sinton High School. Good stuff. 6749 says um, Ibrahim Rajaldin, um, SP High School. And f- is SP, sp- what is SP High School? Please tell me. And Fozia Rajaldin, SP High School. Is it called SP High? Cool stuff, SBI. 3397 says Alia Isaacs from Good Hope Seminary from the Adams family. Good luck to her. And then also to Ishra Davids, Khritskir, uh, I would think that's Khritskir High, as well as Jordan Dreyer, um, and all the matrics that comes from a very doting grandma there. Good stuff. 9166 says, uh, everything of the best to Aziz Richards, Atik Miller, Abdul Wahid, and all matriculants um, from Zayan Wood. Um, so I'm trying to get these out just before 7.30, because I know after 8, everyone's going to be at school. Um, oh, South Mabat, too. 177, thank you. SP is South Peninsula. And that. Thank you. Um, 9094 says, uh, Radia Sal, Livingston High School. Good stuff. Uh, Shamir Peterson from Decaylin High School. Very interesting names. Um, thanks, guys. Yeah, I got it. South Peninsula High. No, I'm saying 2415. Thanks. 6408 says, All the best to Belkis Adams of Rylands High School um, from the Camphor family. Um, 0498, thank you. 6694 says, uh, Taryn Abrams from Rosendal Heights in Delft. Um, last year was very difficult here, but Alhamdulillah, you made it through. It comes from Nawal Kasim. Cool stuff. 1738 says, um, to all the South Peninsula High School pupils, Anika Moses, um, all the Settlers High, Furbain College. Yeah. All of the best to them. So we'll get to more of your messages. Keep them rolling in. 0829-913-913. Send us a voice note or two. That's interesting as well. It gets very boring when I'm just saying it. But um, matrix their names as well as their high schools. Don't forget the high schools. Really important there. But 7.30 is where we've just hit. It's time for your headlines at the bottom of the hour. Bottom of the hour. Tahira, what's making news? Assalamu alaikum. And in your top stories, Western Cape Education Minister welcomes a detention rate for the matric class of 20. 20 of 66.6%. Former President Jacob Zuma faces a two-year jail term following state capture's appeal to the Constitutional Court. The deadline to apply for ECD Stimulus Relief Fund has been extended until Friday and NASA releases the first audio and visuals from the Red Planet of Mars. Those are the headlines. Catch the details at the top of the hour. Way to get you going. Go, go, go. This, this, this is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabira Sheikh Yesop, only on the Voice of the Cape. 
So it's just gone 7.31 this morning. If you've just joined us, welcome into it. Good to have you with us. It's VOC Breakfast. My name is Sabira with you until 9 a.m. this morning. Now, have you ever logged out of your last Zoom meeting for the day and you found yourself just utterly, completely drained. Now, if so, you're not alone. There's been thousands of people, not just in South Africa, but globally, that have complained about this mental, even physical, um, you know, drain that comes from being on Zoom for so many hours when many people have retired from the office due to COVID, due to the lockdown, and are now essentially working from home. So it's interesting to note that our next feature is with regards to to Zoom fatigue, stating that over 300 million people globally are now using Zoom every day as the pandemic progresses. More and more of our daily activities have to take place online. And whilst virtual meetings have become a part of our professional, but not only professional, our personal lives as well, many people find video conferencing exhausting and are suffering from this term that's been coined as Zoom fatigue or screen time fatigue. Now, it is a feeling of exhaustion um, of dread when you know another online meeting pops up on your calendar but of course we're going to be unpacking all of this this morning joining us online is a melanie stain organizational psychologist as well as I believe uh, joining in is Sharon uh, Sora Morris, Communications Manager from the Cape Town Central City Improvement District. Good morning to you both and thank you so much for joining us. Hi there, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's oh, yeah, pleasure. Good stuff. So, Melanie, as well as Sharon, speaking to you both this morning with regards to Zoom fatigue. But, Melanie, let's start off with you by understanding, yes. firstly, what exactly do we mean when we say Zoom fatigue? Yes, sure. So, this is really a term that um, is quite familiar to us all now, but it really hasn't existed pre-COVID and pre-lockdown. Um, and as you said, there are thousands, in fact, over 300 million people are using the Zoom platform globally um, on a daily basis. So really that leaves um, that's a lot of individuals who are now at the height of their productivity game and who are now suffering from a cluster of symptoms which um, classify as Zoom fatigue. And what are these? Um, the first is excessive exhaustion, so really feeling perpetually tired and drained. Um, eye strain, so this comes from focusing on your screen for extended periods of time and not having enough breaks. Concentration difficulties and attention difficulties, so again, not enough breaks in between your meetings, in between your strategy sessions. Um, mental fatigue and depressive thoughts, so really just feeling down for no apparent reason. Um, poor interpersonal interactions. Mm. So we're a, a social species. We need interaction. We need physical contact with others to yeah. feel fulfilled. Um, and physical touch and human contact is a basic need. It can't be replaced with a screen. It can't be replaced with a virtual hug. Um, and then another aspect of Zoom fatigue is lowered physical exertion. So really feeling stagnant. Um, so you, you may not have even got out of your pajamas if you're not putting on your video. Uh, for your conference, and you then reach for your coffee, you reach for your sugary snack, um, and these are stimulants that give uh. you the artificial rush of energy that you need to get through that next string of Zoom meetings, and it's a vicious cycle, really. <laughs> so by going into an office, it really forces you to get up, get dressed, move your body, 
And it gives you a goal for the day, a sense of purpose, which mm. is very important for a sense of job satisfaction. Certainly. Now, I want to welcome Sharon into our conversation this morning. Sharon, perhaps let's understand, you know, at, at, at the start of the pandemic and, you know, when it came to South Africa and we understood that we were going into a lockdown, you know, many were worried about their businesses, um, their their jobs, wondering how are they now going to channel, you know, their livelihood to the home space. And then, of course, we saw many online platforms Popping up and Zoom seems to be the most popular. And it was a blessing, you know, at the start. But in terms of, you know, within our context here in South Africa, closer to home, in and around Cape Town, how have our businesses been coping? Morning, Sabra, and thank you for the opportunity. Well, I think businesses have to adapt to a changing environment. And obviously, video conferencing has been um, an an asset to many businesses so that they have been able to continue operating. But obviously it's not the answer for every business. Um, certainly for our business it hasn't been the answer because we are an essential services um, non-profit organization that operates in the Cape Town Central City. So we have not been able to be on Zoom excessively from day one because we've had to be in, back at the office. And so our experience of Zoom meetings has been countered with the fact that we still prefer being in a physical office and being in a physical office environment, which we find is far more effective when it comes to communication. So we do video conferencing when it's necessary, but as um, um, the Melanie was saying, it, it has its downside, and, and people, mm-hmm. I think people have grown tired of Zoom. And yeah. our businesses um, are having to um, interact with, with their staff on Zoom because it's advocated back-to-work strategy, or it's still in, in the process. But we certainly advocate for coming back to work safely, and that is how we've been operating since March last year. Do you think perhaps employers have taken advantage, you know, of these online platforms and video conferencing? I mean, we've seen ourselves now ease into level one of or level three, um, level one, and then now coming up to level three once again of the lockdown. But, you know, we've we've sort of embraced this new norm and we've seen, you know, everyone starting to go back to work, um, start to work in safe spaces. But do you think some employers tend to say, oh, you know what, but we have these online platforms. Let's make further use of it. And could this perhaps be a contributing factor, Melanie? Um, yes, I don't think that they're taking advantage of it. Um, I do think that a lot of organizations have had to, they've really had to pivot in terms of how they are going to operate and how their employees operate. And I think that they've really, um, you know, there are benefits to the Zoom platform, which I think that they are now starting to use more. Um, and it's made them re-look at things and really just, you know, take stock and think, you know, the flexible working hours and the flexible working environment actually does work to a degree, but there are then aspects and disadvantages to that, which, um, you know, are slowly coming to light. So I don't think that they're, you know, from a negative perspective taking advantage, but I do think that they've had to really pivot and and take stock um, of how things are going and, and change the way that work, um, that employees work and fundamentally how they get things done. So, you know, in terms of productivity, the the work outputs and the productivity requirements stay the same. 
Um, but the way in which work is now conducted has changed fundamentally. It's interesting that you say, you know, the work output has stayed the same. Have we been able to gauge that, you know, in terms of work completed, um, you know, versus doing it online versus being based at the office? Have we been able to gauge, you know, has that been certainly productivity um, at its best? Yeah, I think that, you know, new metrics need to now be utilized to see that. I don't think that there's been enough opportunity yet for companies to assess that. Um, I think it's a very valid question and something that needs to be explored further. Um, I, you know, I commend the people who are out there working and who are juggling childcare and home commitments mm. and strategy sessions all from, you know, one home office if you're lucky enough to have one. I think. People have done a really, really good job. Um, you know, there have been times when, you know, people have been on Zoom meetings and kids have run in or, um, you know, things that you can't really plan for because you're working from home. Um, so I do think it has impacted productivity. I'm not sure if we've had enough opportunity to be able to measure if productivity has really declined or decreased. Um, but I think it's a very valid point and it needs to be explored further. Mm. Sharon, perhaps let's ask, you know, have you been able to engage with staff in terms of, you know, are there certain frustrations that are associated with, you know, having to work online versus being physically present at the office? I think our staff, because we've had the opportunity to work at the office, have found it far more um, um, creative. We've been able to um, share ideas and be innovative in a time of great anxiety because I think we all need to acknowledge that we are living through a pandemic that has made us all very anxious. So people come to work with the added burden of not uh, not knowing you know, how they're going to stay safe, if having family members who are ill, also having work colleagues around them that are ill. And I think how we've managed to counter that as well at the CCID is we have created a, a safe office setup, as safe as one can be. We have all safety protocols in place. We are fortunate to have a large boardroom that allows for social distancing. We operate with our masks on. We have our desks 1.5 meters apart. We have perspex screens. So I think there's a lot to be said for coming back to work and interacting with colleagues in a safe, in a safe way during this time. I think we have also found that... Um, um, you know, certain teams that were working remotely at the start of lockdown, we kind of lost a bit of connectivity between each other. We um, found it hard to um, um, engage as productively as we used to. And so for us, um, we use a, a hybrid of the two. We use Zoom when we have to interact with other, other stakeholders. But certainly in our own office environment, we have... Um, we've been able to retain a very high productivity and, and output at this time. So, so, you know, being back at the office and having effective face-to-face meetings has really worked for us. Mm. Now, Melanie, a little earlier on this morning, I had said that, you know, in terms of myself, I can't say that, you know, I exclusively use Zoom for a certain period of time um, yeah. because I was fortunate enough to come to work, um, you know, be physically present at work with all the protocols yeah. in place, etc. However, my yeah. partner was someone that was constantly on the Zoom platform throughout yeah. the lockdown. It's only now 
now during you know the the level one level one was reintroduced that you know he had actually gone on to physically being at his workspace you know yes. how has this contributed you know to p- mm. possible um, challenges that might be experienced at home you know yes. physically present at work we're here eight to five five yes. you clock off you go home but now that we've yes. got these online presence um you know that that is happening within mm. the, the home setting you know now you're having yes. a meeting at half past eight in the evening when ordinarily you'd be you know sort of chilling out um you right. know how has that perhaps impacted the family's workings and routines yes well you know it it really contributes to uh, the fatigue and anxiety of of all the family members so when mom and dad are stressed and anxious um that then feeds into how your kids are experiencing you as a parent um and you know the, the people who are helping around your house and whoever else is in your family setting so it's almost like a ripple effect. So as you are experiencing any negative emotions, um, you then have this ripple effect on the people around you, and they then pick up on that. So your kids might start to act out more. Um, you know, mommy and daddy are tired, and then they don't have enough time for what they generally would would want to do with their kids. Um, so, yes, when kids are overtired, say, half past five, six, um, that's the time when you need to be focused on your children and giving them everything that you have. But if you have a conflicting strategy session, which is starting at six and ending at nine, that's very difficult to juggle. Um, and your kids then pick up on that and it impacts quite negatively on the family life and, and on home functioning. So it yeah. really just as to the you know the fatigue and anxiety that everybody is experiencing. Mm-hmm. Sharon, I want to ask you know in terms of perhaps you know the limited time that was spent um, on Zoom by staff, was there ever a concern around you know um, perhaps things like data? I mean, it is twenty twenty one, but not everyone has this you know, should I say luxury of Wi-Fi or, you know, a dedicated connected internet connection? You know, were those some of the, the, the concerns that did come about, you know, if someone had to hop on for a Zoom meeting for, say, 30 to 40 minutes? Yes, um, of course, there were always those issues and, and they are ongoing, especially at, at, at a certain time last year with, during the lockdown and certain of our teams were working from home. We had the delight of ESCOM's power failures as well as to contend with. So even people who did perhaps have Wi-Fi, the luxury of Wi-Fi at home, were then struck down by um, by not having any electricity. So those those issues certainly do um, compound the, the efficacy of working remotely. And we did have that experience. Unfortunately, we, we, we do have a team that is well equipped to cope with um, online conferencing. However, um, you know, as you say, connectivity isn't good in all areas. They, you know, you, you on Zoom and the next minute you throw an off Zoom. It's, it's not a perfect world. It certainly isn't. And, and we mm. certainly found that it does present its challenges, even though it does have huge benefits. Hmm. Melanie, we'll be speaking about this new normal and embracing this new normal. You know, are we yes. going to see a shift within the workplace and workspace in terms of how work is conducted, um, mm. you know, on a daily basis, even mm. post-COVID? You know, in the next three years mm. when we find COVID is a thing of the past, will we now see that, you know what, there might be no need for, you know, 100% physical workforce present at work and rather, you know, yes. alternating times and schedules, etc., to be able to use both the online as well as physical office? Yes. I think there's definitely going to be a hybrid approach. I think that 
companies have now um, it's opened their eyes as to what are the, the benefits. Um, and, you know, there definitely are, are benefits to the Zoom platform. Um, the flexible working environment is definitely coming to the fore now. Um, and, you know, I've got colleagues who are no longer going into an office environment. They're working at it's also a virtual office um, environment is, is how they're functioning, and, and it's working for them. Um, I do think, you know, we, we're going to start pulling out the positives um, and looking at, how you know, the negatives as well. So I think you might go into the office two or three days a week or just for mornings um, and, and really do what, what works for you. Each company obviously is different and unique, and they need to see um, you know, what works for them and what's working for their employees. I think that we need to start doing a lot of research and um, really just chatting to your staff and finding out what is working for them, what isn't, and how companies can assist with this. Um, and then take all of that, put it into a melting pot, and come up with the best solution for you as, and your company because every company is different. But I do think that we're definitely going to see... Um, a, a shift in the way that companies are going to be working going forward and not necessarily in, in a bad way. I think that we, it's really, it's forced us to pivot. It's forced us to relook at the way we do things. And I think that there are a lot of benefits that are going to come from this as well. Yeah. Now, Melanie, you know, in terms of what you mentioned a little early on in the conversation, you know, around even though we've been working online and technically it's supposed to be a bit easier. I mean, you're in the comfort of your own home, etc. But not yes. so much in terms of the frustration, the tension that builds up, etc. Have we yes. seen, you know, more employees sort of needing um, an outlet in terms of what we would say, you know, the couch, someone to speak to, um, you yes. know, assistance in terms of, you know, a psychologist, etc. Yes. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm an industrial psychologist. So the clinical psychologist would be the ones who would be, mm. you know, dealing with those kinds of clinical issues. Um, and I wouldn't want to overstep there, but it is important to note that we do have employee assistance programs in the majority of our big corporates and in our smaller companies as well. Um, and I think that it would be important to go and have a look at that. I, I would imagine that people would, you know, there is, a, a, there is this anxiety. We are coming... As Sharon said, we're coming to work with a lot of worry and concern around contracting virus, um, you know, the people who are our loved ones who potentially are ill, um, our concerns around our kids. All these different things are now, we're coming into work with that. And people need an outlet to talk to. And I would imagine that, um, you know, the counsellors and the clinical psychologists are probably being faced with a lot of individuals who are now mm. quite anxious and depressed and worried and, and, and so yes, I would imagine that it is um, something that's, that's coming up more but as I say, as an industrial psychologist I, I wouldn't be dealing with that all right. Now we are coming yeah. to the end of our conversation this morning, Sharon, perhaps from your side, you know, your closing remarks for today I think, I think the lessons learned here are, are that um, Zoom is not the only way to meet. Certainly, I think people need to perhaps acknowledge that they need to come back to work. Um, and as Melanie was saying, you know, find a, a hybrid way of working where, where certain interactions are online because there's flexible working hours and, and others, um, you know, where you really need to benefit from a face-to-face -face interaction. And so that, that is certainly what we would advocate for and, you know, encourage people to come back to the office. Mm. And Melanie, from yourself, you know, any final thoughts this morning? Yeah. 
Well, I would just like to offer some um, suggestions on how people can reduce the negative effects of Zoom fatigue um, because we've discussed it at length, but we haven't really discussed, you know, what can we now do mm. to manage this because it's not going away anytime soon. Um, so I think, you know, if possible, reduce or eliminate any screen time that's not absolutely necessary um, other than work, obviously. So give your eyes a break, give your brain a chance to shift gears um, and switch off from electronic devices when you can. I always suggest that people connect um, with nature as much as possible in the day. So go for a walk in between your meetings if you can. Um, you know, do activities that ground you, that really help you to feel that you're part of a bigger picture and that can put your work stresses into perspective. Focus on your family, focus on family time and fun, and do, try and do things that don't involve a screen. So do arts and crafts, bake, paint, do pottery, meditate, do things that you can do together but not necessarily on a screen. So family movie night is great, but again, you're basing it on a screen. So try and move to a board game or something like that if possible. Um, set boundaries. So have a designated work area, have designated work times, and try and make everybody turn off their devices by a certain time. So 6 o'clock mm. is the time when everybody hands in their cell phones, turns off their screens, and then focuses on one another. Um, ensure that your Zoom meetings happen during working hours and not after hours when your kids are more difficult to manage. Um, try not to have those back-to-back Zoom meetings to build and break where possible. Um, and really just keep reminding yourself that this is temporary, things are going to improve. Yeah. Work with an attitude of gratitude, really, and remember that a lot of people have lost their jobs um, and it is still a privilege to have work and be able to earn an income and to go mm. into your office and, you know, yeah. It's just from right. that perspective, trying to include some of those things into your day, and hopefully that'll help. Amazing. Well, Melanie, as well as Sharon, thank you so much for joining us online this morning and, of course, speaking with us regarding Zoom fatigue. It's certainly been an interesting conversation. Organisational psychologist Melanie Stain, as well as communications manager from the Cape Town Central City Improvement District, Sharon Sarah Morris, joining us um, this morning, speaking about a very pertinent topic, Zoom fatigue.